This is Pastor Eric Love. I want to thank you for tuning into today's podcast. God told Joshua that if he meditated on the word and obeyed it, that he would make his way prosperous and that he would have good success. My prayer is that as you meditate on this word that you're about to hear and apply it to your life, that you too will find good success. Blessings on you and enjoy this word from the Lord. Today, I'm going to deal with another why. I'm going to deal with another purpose today. And this is something I've always wanted to talk about and something I've always wanted to deal with. But just never, uh, God just never really put me in a position to really deal with this directly. So today is an amazing day because I get a chance to talk about something that I've always wanted to talk about. So now I get a chance to do it. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And I want you to, I, I want you to, I want you to skip down, um, Look at, look at, look at verse number seven. I, I want you to see that. Look at verse number seven. It says to each one of us, to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Everybody say Christ's gift. Keep that in mind. Verse number eight says, therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive. And what did he give? He gave what? Come on, y'all got to talk back to him. What did he give? He gave gifts to men. Keep that in your mind. He gave gifts to men. Keep that in your mind. He gave what to men? Gifts. He gave gifts to men. Now, look down at verse number 11. I'll look down at verse number 11. And this is what I want to deal with. And he gave himself. And he himself gave. He gave some to be apostles. Some prophets. Some evangelists. And some pastors. And some teachers, verse 12 tells you the reason why he did it, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. To equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you now. We pray now, Lord God, that as your word goes forth, it shall not return unto you void, but it shall accomplish that which you please, and it shall prosper anything whereto you sent it. Now, Father, send your word this evening, God, with clarity, with authority, with conviction. Father, hide your manservant behind the old rugged cross, Lord God, that people will see you, and they won't see me, God. Speak your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Now, I need you to listen with both of your ears. Everybody say both of my ears. So I need that, that, that means your spiritual ear and your natural ear, your spiritual ear and your natural ear, because I'm going to share some things with you um, this morning, some things that you may already know. And I'm going to share some things with you that, that maybe you've never even heard before. But my, my prayer is that as we share and as we do this groundwork, that that God will use this, these teaching, this series of teachings to build a beautiful ministry uh, out of each of us. I want to talk today about the purpose of the pastor. The purpose of the pastor. We, we've talked about the purpose of the church and we've talked about some things that we do. We talked about the purpose of communion and different things that, that we do, especially as it pertains to the rituals that we do, the rituals or the customs that we hold. But today I want to talk to you about the purpose of the pastor because I think, I think in many respects, um, the, the purpose of the pastor kind of gets lost in translation. Uh, and, and depending on what church you came from or what, what your denominational background is, that's sometimes determines how you see me or how you see your pastor. Uh, and, and so, so if, if your pastor was the type of pastor that did this, then you're going to show up at this church thinking that I'm supposed to do the same thing that your pastor did. Not realizing that, that maybe, maybe what he did was specific or exclusive to his ministry. 
But that may not necessarily be the purpose of the pastor. So sometimes, sometimes people have a tendency to, to almost secretly write a job description for the pastor in their own hearts. Now, well, well meaning people, well loving people, well believing people, but, but sometimes people have, people kind of stray away from, from the biblical aspect of what a pastor is. And so, so we're going to go back and we're going to look at some things. Now, in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter, chapter four, we, we, we see he's talking about apostles and prophets and evangelists and teachers. I'm, we're not going to deal with those. We're going to deal specifically with the pastor. Now, the first thing I want you to know about a pastor, and this is just a point that I'm making is that a, the pastor is a gift. Everybody say a gift. Everybody say a gift. The pastor is a gift from Jesus to the body of Christ. The pastor is a gift from Jesus to the body of Christ. The pastor is a gift. We just read it there in Ephesians where he says he gives gifts to men. He's a gift. Uh, Chalk, stand up for a minute. Now listen, let's say that I'm going to give Chalk a gift. Now, now I'm going to give, what am I giving him? Y'all talk back to me. I'm giving, what am I giving him? A gift. Now I can give him this gift. It's a pretty expensive gift. It's a gift that I appreciate. It's a gift that I enjoy. Now watch this. He has, he has a choice. Now he can, he can either receive the gift or he can reject the gift. He can, watch this. He can receive the gift and never open the gift. If he receives it and never opens it, then the gift is of no benefit to him. He can receive the gift. He can open it. He can use it. He can, he can charge it. He can, he can, uh, he can uh, benefit from it. He can learn from it. And if he does all of those things, then he has, he has used the gifting or the gift in order. Many people, many, thank you, many people, uh, we, we get the gift of a pastor, but we, we, we still have, have a little bit of difficulty fully understanding what do we do with this gift called the pastor. Let me say this to you. Every believer needs a pastor. Every believer, if you're a Christian, every Christian needs a pastor. Everybody say every Christian needs a pastor. I, and I'll prove it to you in just a moment. So, so in other words, all of this stuff about, well, you know, we can, we can go to church at our house. Well, that goes against biblical teaching. Well, well, we're just, we're just going to visit some, some people are professional visitors. You're professional visitors and that's all you do. You just go from church to church to church to church. You know why? Because you don't want to be obligated. Hallelujah. You don't, you want to be obligated anymore. So you become professional visitors and you show up over here and you show up over there for a little while and you try to find the hot churches. You try to find the church where it's jumping. Glory to God. You're trying to find the church where there's a prophet that'll speak into your life and you become professional church visitors. Nothing wrong with visitors. We thank God for our visitors. So we thank God. If you're visiting today, I want you to know I love you. I thank God for, thank God for you. But you need to, you need to try to start discerning who your pastor is. Hallelujah. I'll prove it to you here in just a minute. Every believer needs a pastor. Listen, go to, go to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. If you have your Bibles open, go to Matthew chapter 9. If you're a young person and you've got your phone in your hand, go to the Bible app. Get off Snapchat. Uh, go to your Bible app and go to, Math, go to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. Hallelujah. Amen. Matthew chapter 9. Look at verse number 35. Matthew chapter 9. I, I, I'm going to deal with this day. You know, we're going to have some fun. Is that all right? 
Matthew chapter 9, look at verse number 35. Y'all keep your Bibles open because we're going to, we're going to train, we're going to move through this thing, uh, pretty good today. Look at verse number 35. It says, and Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And what did he do? Healing every sickness and what else? Every disease among the people. Well, look at verse 36. But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion. Why? Because they were weary and scattered like what? Like sheep having no shepherd. So here's what Jesus says. Jesus, when he talks about the relationship between the pastor and the members, he uses a shepherd sheep word picture. He uses this analogy to try to help us understand what this is like. And so what he says is that when you are a Christian and you don't have a pastor, he said it's almost as if you're like a sheep wandering. You're weary and you're scattered. You, you need a shepherd. You need a pastor. And I'm going to tell you um, about about why you need a pastor in just a few moments. Because, because sheep need at least three things. So if sheep need three things, then the membership of the church need at least three things. One of the things that the sheep need is leadership. You need leadership, you need provision, and you need protection. Leadership, provision, and protection. I'll explain those a little bit later in the sermon. Leadership, provision, and protection. Go go to Jeremiah chapter 3. We're going to show you this. Go to Jeremiah chapter 3. I want to show you all this because we're talking about the purpose of the pastor. Go to Jeremiah chapter number 3. I want to show you something there. And it's important that you see this for yourself. Jeremiah chapter, don't take my word for it. Go to the word. Look at it for yourself. Jeremiah chapter 3. Look at verse number, look at verse number 15. Jeremiah 3.15. Say man when you found it. If there's a young person beside you who needs a Bible, will you share your Bible with him? Jeremiah 3.15. It says, what, what, is it, what does it say? Read it out of your Bible. And I'll give you what? And, and I, will, I will, he said, now watch this. Who's going to give you a shepherd? God says, I will give you shepherds. I will give. So you know what? So you know what? You don't get to choose who your pastor is. Wah, wah, wah. You don't get to choose. You know what? God said, I will give you your pastor. So watch this. Watch this. The worst thing you can do is join a church because of the choir. I'm glad I got some amens right there. The worst thing you can do is join is join because they've got a good youth ministry or because they've got a good praise team. That's the worst thing you can do. Glory to God. Because you may be seated in a church where your pastor is not. You, you, you'll see it's, it's your job to discern the person, the man or the woman of God that God has said is your pastor. You, you'll know it. You'll know who that person is because every time they get up and talk, it'll seem like they're talking right to you. It, it's something about the anointing that's on their lives that, that starts to quicken things on the inside of you. It's just something about the way they do it. It's something about the way they preach. It's something about the way they teach that, that, that makes you want to come back Sunday after Sunday and Wednesday after Wednesday. There's just something about the way they do it. There's something that, that's something about him or her that I just connect with. Everything else can be, can be, you know, falling down, but there's, there's something I connect with. God said, I will give you pastors. Now watch this. Now some people have gotten mad at their pastor and then left 
Glory to God. And then, and then when you leave, you realize you're out there and you realize he ain't my pastor. No, that ain't it. No, that ain't it either. Then you go to this church over here and, and no, uh, that ain't it. And then you know what you have to do? You have to go all the way back to the person that God said he or she is your pastor. That's your pastor. Glory to God. You have to go back and you have to do that. And you have to, because God said, I will give you pastors. Watch this. According to my heart. I'm going to give you pastors according to my, in other words, God says, I know who you need to be connected with. I know where you need to be. I know who you need to be under. And God said, if you let me lead you, I'll connect you to the man of God or the woman of God that you need to to be connected with. And that man or woman of God is going to be instrumental, if not detrimental to your purpose. They're going to help you get to your purpose. They're going to help you get there. But you, but, but there, there's a responsibility that, that, that you have too. Uh, so let's look at it. They said, I'll give you pastor according to my own heart, which will feed you with knowledge and understanding. The first responsibility of the pastor is to feed the flock. Responsibility number one is to feed the flock. That is the responsibility of the pastor is to feed you. To feed you with what? Feed you with knowledge. And to feed you with understanding. To feed you with knowledge. And to feed you with understanding. Watch this. It's not the pastor's job just to make you shout every Sunday. Or just, you know, or just to hope you into a frenzy. Or, or to get you emotionally. No, 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 no. A good pastor understands the importance of feeding the flock. How do you know when you're fed? Pastor Love, how do I know when I'm fed? You'll know when you're fed when you're able to go home and to apply the teaching to your life. When you'll know you're being fed when you're about to do something crazy and you hear your pastor's voice. <laughs> when you're about to buy them bootleg DVDs and you hear your pastor. When you're in the grocery store and you know you got that stuff in your bucket that you no longer want and you want to just put it on any shelf and you hear your pastor's voice. When you're pushing that bucket and you get to your car and you unload all that stuff out of your bucket and then you want to leave that bucket and you hear your pastor's voice. You're like, oh, Lord, I'm going to push this bucket way back where I got it from. It's when you're able to start applying it to your life. When you want to cuss. Woo, wait a minute, I got too good of a response that time. <laughs> when you when you want to curse and the teaching come back. When you want to harbor unforgiveness and the teaching comes back up in you. That stuff starts to come back up in you. That's when you know you're being fed. That's when you know something is changing on the inside. When, when you would normally argue and fuss about a thing, now you don't argue and fuss anymore. Now your first response is to go somewhere and pray. That's how you know you're being fed. Because a change is happening on the inside. The first responsibility is to feed the flock. Go to 1 Peter chapter 5. I want y'all to see this. Go to 1 Peter chapter 5. We're having some fun today. Go to 1 Peter chapter 5. We're talking about the purpose of the pastor. The purpose of the pastor. First responsibility is to feed you. Um, um, to feed the flock. First Peter. 
First Peter chapter five. Go to first Peter chapter five. Look at verse number two. First Peter chapter five, verse number two. Now the New King James Version says shepherd the flock. First Peter chapter five, verse number two. The new, the New King James says shepherd the flock of God. But the King James Version says feed the flock of God, which is where? Which is among you? Which is where? Which is where? Y'all talk back. Which is among, so in other words, in other words, it's not the pastor's job to feed everybody. I can't feed every church. God called the pastor to feed the flock that's among us, that's among you. The, the flock that, that I've given you authority over, it's your job to feed them. That's what God is saying. Now watch this. Now, now some of y'all, some of y'all are getting fed. Let, let me explain it. I'm from Mississippi. And uh, we always had an open-door policy in our house to where the neighbor's kids could stop by the house. No matter how many of them it was, Big Mama would make sure that if you're in the house, you had something. Now watch this. She was not obligated by law to feed them. It wasn't her responsibility to feed them. But because they were there, they weren't leaving until they get fed. Can I say to the visitors, we love y'all. And because you're here, we're going to make sure. We're going to make sure you get fed. Feed the flock. Now watch this. Look at, look at the second responsibility in First Peter chapter 5. The second responsibility of the pastor, he said, feed the flock of God which is among you. And then he said, taking the oversight. Everybody say, taking the oversight. Second responsibility of the pastor is to take the oversight. Everybody say, take the oversight. The pastor is the leader of the local church. In the local church, the pastor has no equal to him in the local church. The pastor has no equal. The pastor is, is the overseer or he is the manager or he is the CEO, as it were, of the local church. God said for the pastors to take the oversight. Part of the pastor's job is also to cast vision. Now understand this. Understand this. And y'all need to get this. Y'all need to get this. It is... It is not the pastor's job to do the work. It is the pastor's job to oversee the work being done. I can't go to all your birthday parties. <laughs> I can't go to all the bar mitzvahs. Whatever that is. I can't, I can't go to the hospital every time somebody gets sick. I can't do it. But watch this. But watch this. It is my job. It is the pastor's job to make sure that somebody reaches out to you when you're there. To oversee somebody calling you and somebody get in contact with you. Now you need to know this, that, that when they call you, that's me calling you through them. 
When they come visit you, if they stop by the hospital to visit you, you got to know that that's me visiting you through them. The other day, uh, we, we needed somebody to go to Highway 80 Rescue Mission and, and, uh, Chuck called me and said, he said, man, you, you want me, you want me to go for you? And I said, man, will you go? He said, yeah, Pastor, give me a minute, I'm gonna get it together. So when he went, that was me going through him because I have to make sure that those things are happening. And, and now, and I know that we're in the building processes and we're getting people in position, getting people in place. So, uh, there's a day coming where we're going to have all of these areas outlined and all of these areas, um, filled with personnel to make sure that you never fall through the crack. Because that's my job to take the oversight. So watch this, watch this. If, if, if you're being blessed by this ministry, if somebody's reaching out to you, if you feel connected to the ministry, that's me working through them to keep you connected. Now watch this. Also, if you've fallen through the cracks and nobody's reached out to you, nobody's connected to you, that's also me. That's also me because I have to take the oversight. So, so whether it's good or bad, it's on me. That's on me, baby. I'm sorry. Force a habit. <laughs> yeah, come on back. Yeah. Come on back. Glory to God. But what I'm saying is, is that, is that God called the pastor to have the oversight. He says, take the oversight. So he says, oversee what's being done. Oh, so it's my job to oversee every department, every auxiliary. I have to oversee it. So, so let, let me, let me say this to those of you leaders, the, those of you who are leaders and ministers in this church. Listen, listen, don't, 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 don't take an engagement without talking to your pastor. I don't like seeing flyers with members of the church picture on it. You hadn't said anything to me. Come on, we, we just, we just, we just talking about giving the pastor the respect that we owe him or her, whoever he or she is in your life. Don't be roguing and just taking stuff and doing stuff all willy nilly. Because when you go, you're going as me. Although they called you, but what they're going to say is, yet yeah, this is a member of church on purpose where the pastor is. You out there, you don't have your pastor's blessing. Come on, man. Okay, so, so it's, so it's my job to take the oversight in the church, to cast the vision, and it's your job to take the vision and to run with the vision. And I, I thank God, y'all, we got, we got us, a, we got us a building, and y'all, we've been tearing down walls, and man, we've been doing some stuff, man, and we've been working, and I'm gonna tell you, and I thank God for all the laborers, all of you who've invested your time and your energy. Some of you come up and say, Pastor, I've been working long hours, and I can't make it. I think God, God's going to bless you because your heart is to be there. Because your heart's desire is to be there. And you, you know, and it's really cool. It's really cool because we're in a season now where we're getting things done. And so I can walk into the building and say, hey, I think we need this. And then the guys will look at it and say, okay. And they'll draw, I write and was drawing stuff on the wall the other day. I said, we need a door right here. He took his pen and he drew a door. I said, we need a window right there. He took his pencil and he drew a window. And I was like, oh my God, you mean that can happen? 
But they're taking the vision and they're running with the vision. They're taking it. We had a group of ladies show up uh, this past week. And listen, I went out, I told them ladies, I said, see all this, all this, these cabinets, all this stuff got to come out. Them ladies got some hammers. They got some hammers and some crowbars. All the ladies that help take out them cabinets. Stand up, y'all here. Stand up. Stand up real quick. Ladies, take out, help take out them cabinets. Y'all give these ladies a hand. Them ladies went to work. <laughs> I had to get out of their way. They was busting stuff and pulling stuff off the wall. You know, you know why? Because they, because they were running with the vision. It's the pastor's job to cast the vision. It's your job to run with the vision. Take the vision and run with it. It's not my job. I can't do all the work. It's your job to do the work. That, that's what he said. God said, I am to equip you for the work of the ministry. Glory to God. Uh, let's look on. Let's look on. Let's look on. The pastor's job is to see that things get done. Third responsibility, according to First Peter chapter 5, third responsibility is the pastor is to be an example. Take the oversight, not by constraint, but willingly, not by filthy lucre, I mean that, you know, not greedy for money, but, but of a ready mind, not as being lords over God's heritage. In other words, don't be a brute over God's heritage, but be an example to the flock. So God, the, the next response of the pastor is to be an example to the flock, to be an example in my life. In the way I walk, the way I love my wife, the, the way, the, the way I, the way I handle you guys, if God is the way, the way, the way I am in the, in, in the streets, the way I am in the city, I'm to be an example. God's called me to be an example. Now watch this. Now watch this. Now, you, you gotta know this, that, that when you start to get close to your pastor, you'll see some flaws. No matter who he or she is, no matter who they are, you're close enough to them, you're gonna see some flaws. But guess what? You just keep on loving them anyway, cause guess what? They, they see your flaws too. They see your flaws. And we, and we keep loving you through your flaws. We keep loving you through your hiccups. So guess what? Love us through our flaws. Love the pastors through their flaws. Love them. Just love, keep loving them through it to be an example. The fourth responsibility of the pastor is to train leaders. To train leaders. I can't wait till we get our conference room. Can't wait till we get it so we can start having leader training. Start training and building leaders. Upcoming leaders, you know, because I realize, I realize that, that part of the call of God that's on my life is to be a pastor's pastor. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pastor pastors someday. I'm gonna raise up leaders right in the midst of our church. We're gonna raise up leaders and it's my job to train the leaders, even the teenagers, train the young teenagers, train them to be leaders. Fifth responsibility of the pastor is to pray for the flock. It's my job. To pray for you. Now, if you're not a member of this church, I have no jurisdictional authority over your life spiritually. It's when you become a member. You you join with this fellowship. You go through whatever it takes to become a member of the church. You go through the membership orientation. Go through those things and you join with the church. Then I, as your pastor, now I can pray for you and I can pray over you. Let me show you this. Go to Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4. Go to Colossians chapter 4. I want you to, I want to show you the benefit. Colossians chapter 4. Look at verse number, um, look at verse number 12. 
Epaphras, I believe, was a pastor. Epaphras in, in Colossians chapter 4 verse 12, the Bible says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you, also laboring fervently for you in prayers, in prayers, in prayers. He's praying for you. Why? That you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. He's praying for you and the benefit of your pastor praying for you is that you will stand perfect and complete and that you will stand in the will of God. When I get up in the mornings after I pray for my wife and pray for my family, I lift up this church in prayer. Some of you I call by name on Monday nights during the Monday night prayer call. I have a wonderful opportunity on Monday nights to pray for those of you who are on the prayer line. If you've not joined us on the prayer line, I encourage you to join us on the prayer line because it gives me an opportunity to pray for you and to pray over you. And one of the benefits is, is that you will stand perfect and complete in the will of God. It's the pastor's job to pray that you stay and that you stand in the will of God. When you were, when you attempted to mess up and you got to that point and you decided to turn around, that was probably because your pastor prayed that you stay in the will of God. When different things I hear and people come and they counsel with me and I have to go back and I have to pray for them. And I'm praying that you stand in the will of God. When, when your marriage is, is on, is on the rocks and you want to leave, I have to pray that you stand and that you stay in the will of God. That's part of the pastor's responsibility is to pray for the flock. I, I don't, I don't leave my house until I've prayed for you. My wife and I, we get together and we hold hands in the morning and we lift you guys up in prayer. That's a pastor's responsibility. That's part, that's part of my being able to cover you in a protective fashion as a pastor. I protect you in prayer. I cover you in prayer. I have to leave a, lead a righteous life so that the blessings that fall upon my life can also be upon your life. And I have to protect you and I have to cover you in prayer. It's not good for a person to be wavering and just jumping, you know, from church to church. You got to discern who your pastor is so you can sit under that teaching and go and be with that pastor. Um, um, the sixth responsibility. And finally, um, of my responsibility, the sixth responsibility is the pastor's job is to love the flock. To love you guys. To love you. I pray that every embrace and every hug and every handshake, I pray that every time you, you come in my presence, I pray that you feel the love of a pastor. I pray that you feel the love of a shepherd. I pray that you feel that. I want you to know that it is my responsibility to show you the love of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's why I can't. There's some of y'all I want to throw away. But I can't. I got to keep on loving you. I wish it was like the draft. Could trade some of y'all. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I love all of you. No matter where you're from. No matter what your background is. I love all of you. I love, I, if you still cuss a little bit, I still love you. Still got some fight left in you. I still love you. If you're as gentle as a dove, I love you. If you as harsh as a rattlesnake, See, I got quiet. 
<laughs> I still love you. It's my job to still love you. Now, 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 I, I've told y'all a little bit about my responsibility. Yes. What am I about to talk about now? I'm about to talk about your responsibility. Let's talk about your responsibility. Go to Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13. If I get, go to Hebrews 13 and go to Jeremiah 23. Hebrews 13. Glory to God. And then put a bookmark in Jeremiah 23. Hebrews 13. Yeah, I heard them. They turned around. That's good. Hebrews 13. Look at verse number 17. Look at verse number 17. Hebrews 13, 17. And the writer of Hebrews says, in the New King James Version, Obey those who rule over you. Be submissive, for they watch out for your souls. As those who must give an account, let them do so with joy, not with grief. For that would be unprofitable to you. It's unprofitable for you to bring grief on your man or woman of God. It's unprofitable for you. Now, I'm going to give you seven words that will help you honor your pastor. Whoever he or she is. Seven words that will help you honor your pastor. Number one, the word is words. Word. Everybody say words. Take responsibility for offering your pastor encouraging and affirming words. Just offering a word of encouragement to your pastor. Many, many, and some of you guys are doing a great job on that. But don't let a whole year go by and you haven't said anything encouraging to your pastor. Well, one of the things that, that people fail to remember or fail to understand is, is that pastors, pastors wrestle with depression too. Pastors wrestle with discouragement just like the next person. Pastors wrestle with temptation just like the next person. And, and sometimes just an encouraging word lifts them up. Because you know what your pastor does every Sunday? A good pastor is cheering you on to the victory every Sunday. A good pastor is not just a good leader, but he's also a great cheerleader. Cheering you on. Pushing you to victory. Telling you you can make it. But here's the problem. Who cheers for the cheerleader? Who's cheering for the cheerleader? So you know what that means? That means that if God placed something on your heart, if 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 you heard a word, if your, your pastor said something that was encouraging to you, it's worth you standing in line if you have to. Because I want to encourage you. I want to give this word of encouragement to him. And again, many of you guys doing a great job, but some of y'all ain't said nothing to me all year. <laughs> Where you at, God? <laughs> Hallelujah. Take the responsibility for being an encouragement. You'll be amazed at how, at how far a little encouragement, how far a little encouragement goes. Sometimes a pastor can stand on stage and boy, and, and they'll be smiling and encouraging you, and they go right back and sink right back into their depression. And they'll come out again on Sunday again, and they'll preach, you know, because God gives pastors what's called a public anointing. But when we're in private, that anointing wears off. And sometimes we just need a word of encouragement. Pastor, you bless me today. Pastor, I'm standing with you. You, you don't even know how much seeing you guys, that one third, the first Thursday that we met here, you don't even understand how much of an encouragement that was to me. 
That gave me the strength to keep moving and keep going. And some of you walked up to me and said, Pastor, I'm with you. Pastor, Pastor, we, Pastor, you know, we went, we're not going anywhere. That, that encouraged me more than anything you could have done for me ever would. So take responsibility. Your words are important. Words are important. Number two, number two, the second word is family. Everybody shout family. Family. You cannot honor me without honoring my wife. You cannot honor me without, without honoring her. You, you can't speak well of me and speak negative toward my wife. Because she and I are one and glory to God. Hallelujah. So family, so the Just Because Ministry, thank you so much for what you're doing because you're taking the time to honor my family, to honor my beautiful wife. Thank you guys for that. And family is important. Family is important. Sometimes people will honor the pastor, but they won't honor the pastor's wife. Not realizing is that she's helping to bear the weight of the ministry. The weight that's on his shoulders, some of that weight falls on her shoulders as well. I can't, I couldn't stay up and, and counsel with y'all and be all at the hospital with y'all unless I had a very understanding wife. So, so the, so the word of encouragement that you give to me, give her a word of encouragement too. Say, sister love, I see you. Sister love, we appreciate you. You know why? Because she don't like the term first lady and all that kind of stuff. But listen, this is your, this is your first lady. So she's, she's worthy of honor. She's worthy of honor. So, so when you see her, don't just pass by like she's just some regular old lady. No, a regular young lady. <laughs> Had to fix that real quick. <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> but you acknowledge her because she's praying for you too. She's praying for me so I can do the things that I need to do for you. So we respect her and we honor her. That's part of your responsibility. Third, the third word is finances. Everybody shout finances. Sow into your pastor's life. Whoever he or she is, sow into their life. Galatians 6, 6 says, those of you who are being taught by the word should share all things with those who teach the word. It's not, you say, well, pastor, you know, pastor, what do you need? Well, I, I don't need anything. God is supplying all of my needs. It's not about need. It's about honor. It's about honor. That's what it's about. It's about honor. Listen, I'll never forget. Um, there was one pastor in wife appreciation and, uh, people were giving gifts and I was thankful, thankful for everything people was giving and some people was giving big gifts and all that. But that was a little old lady. She walked up to me and she said, pastor love, I'm on a fixed income and I don't have a lot of money. She said, but I want to sow this into your life. She gave me an envelope. She wrote a name, address, everything on it. And that envelope had $2 in it. Oh, it blessed my heart. Oh, you just don't even understand how that $2 blessed my life. It blessed my heart. It blessed me so much that she thought enough of me to say, Pastor, I don't have much, but this, but what I have. Y'all don't even understand. You don't even understand. And, and, and some of the people was writing, writing, you know, large sums of money, but, but it paled in comparison to that little envelope with them $2 in it. Paled in comparison. 
Glory to God. You know, when we do pass on appreciation so that, so that you guys can be blessed, so that you can be blessed, so you can be blessed sowing into your pastor, whoever he or she is, sowing, don't let a full year go by. You know what? I, I really want to, I really want to transition away from past life appreciation, all that stuff. The reason we do that, we had to do that is because the pastor was underpaid and, <laughs> Want him to get some tires riding around on Maypop. We had to do, we had to do this, we had to do this big extravagant thing and invite people to give and all that stuff because the pastor on the pay. Now listen, I thank God for church on purpose. Church on purpose is taking care of your pastor real good and I thank God for it. Thank God for it. Thank God for it. Thank God for it. Hallelujah. It ain't always been like that. But I thank God. I thank God, but sow into you. Don't let a full year go by without you sowing. Because you know what? Your pastor is constantly sowing into your life. He's constantly giving and sowing. He's constantly doing those things, constantly being a good example. So you sow back into your pastor's life. That's what the Bible says. It says, when you give, it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. It's about you saying, pastor, we honor you, and we want to show you how much we honor you. We want to show you how much we honor you. Finances. Finances. Number four. The fourth word is pray. Pray for your pastor. I heard somebody say one time, you want a better pastor than you have, pray for the one you've got. Pray for your pastor. You guys, you guys support us in prayer. When you kneel down, and some of you are, and some of you, maybe this is new for you, but, but it's important that you pray for your pastor to undergird it because, because you don't understand the attack that your pastor is under. Nobody will understand the attack. You know what? Because the pastor can't talk to everybody. He can't tell everybody what he's going through. He can't tell everybody. Glory to God. Because you are looking to your pastor for encouragement and instruction and vision. So the pastor don't have the chance to just talk about all the stuff that's, that, that he's being plagued with. That's why it's important that you pray for your pastor. Undergird your pastor. Number five. Number five. Number five. We talk about words and family and finances and pray. Number five is submit. Submit to your pastor. Be willing to be here. Submit to your pastor. Submit to your pastor's authority. If your pastor's asking you to do something, then just do it. Just submit to that authority. Glory to God. If your pastor says, hey, I need all of y'all to be on time. I got 14 amens. That was pretty good. That's better than last time. Submit. To the authority. And, and, and I, I heard a preacher talk about fence sheep. Fence sheep. Don't be a fence sheep. A fence sheep is the sheep that's in the fence, but constantly looking at the other pasture. He's in the fence, but he want to be somewhere else. Hallelujah. He thinks the grass is greener on the other side. Now listen, listen, listen to me both ears. If God is leading you somewhere else, it's okay. Somebody say, go, go, Lord Jesus. I got to do some more, more teaching. 
Somebody say, go, go. No, don't listen to whoever said that. Listen. <laughs> Who that was? Uh, Jesus. Need some remedial training. Okay, listen. <laughs> if God's leading you somewhere else, we still love you. You're not a bad person. We, you, you're not mad. We, we, you're not mad at the ministry. When you leave, just leave right. Just, just leave right. Just leave right. In, in other, in other words, what I'm saying is, if, when you get ready to leave, uh, Miss Dee is my per- raise your hand, Miss Dee Miss Dee is my personal assistant. Let Miss Dee know that you know what I believe God is leading me somewhere else, so we can start taking your name off all, take your name off the roll. We can stop looking for for gifts from you. You, you'll stop getting all the the announcements. We don't want to keep bugging you. Listen, let her know, and then come have a conversation with your pastor. Say, Pastor, hey, look, I believe God is leading me somewhere else. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to hug on you. I'm going to love you. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to thank God for the time and the effort that you've spent and everything that you've done with us and for us up to this point. I'm not going to be mad at you. I'm not going to. I've heard pastors demonize people for leaving their church. I don't believe in that. I don't do that. I'm going to embrace you because, because I know that this ministry is not the end all ministry. I get it. I know that God people transition people out and God transition people in. I get that. I understand that. But I'm telling you, if you're going to leave, leave right. How would you feel to wake up one morning and your husband gone? He said a word. Packed up all this stuff. How would you feel? <laughs> If your wife just packed up all, just one more, you wake up, you went to sleep, she was in there, and you wake up and she gone. She gone. Don't know where she went. <laughs> Took all the money, I'm, not, I'm kidding. So if you don't want to be done like that, don't do the church like that. Because we've been looking for you. You got people calling you. Worried about you? And now you're ignoring calls from us. We're trying to figure out where you at. Because you didn't tell us. Glory to God. So if you want to transition, transition right. So when you transition in, one of the questions we ask you is, did you talk to your pastor before you came over here? Or did you just abandon ship? Because we want you blessed. And order to be blessed, you gotta leave right so you can be received right. Y'all clap. <laughs> Don't be a fence sheep. If you're gonna join the ministry, join. Pay your tithe. Pay your offering. Listen, I have people ask me sometimes. They say, Pastor Love, you know, uh, uh, can I, can, can I be a member here and pay my tithes somewhere else? Yeah, I'll be shaking. <laughs> Get that twist. <laughs> but here's what I tell them. Here's what I tell them. Here's what I tell them. I, I tell them, can you eat at Burger King and pay McDonald's your money? You pay. Oh, y'all better help me preach. There's some preachers over there. You pay. 
for you eating? For you being fed? Glory to God. Stop trying to divide stuff up. And do stuff. Can I get my mama have my tithe? I need to do some teaching on tithing. Y'all got kind of quiet. I feel a hush come over the room. <laughs> Glory to God. But submit to that. Number six. Number six is support. Support your pastor. Help your pastor do something. Many of you are the sound team, music ministry, the choir, those of you that have been helping in other places. Help your pastor. Find out what the vision is and help. Even if you say, Pastor Love, listen, I'm going to pray until God, until God solidifies my assignment here. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go, I'm just going to start intercessory prayer and I'm just going to start praying. Until God tells me exactly what I'm supposed to do. Because if God sent you here, there's a gifting that you have that's supposed to be connected to us to help us fulfill the plan and the purpose of God God has on this ministry. You're not here by happenstance. There's a reason why God has you here. Now listen, that's why we don't, we don't become jealous of other ministries. Because every ministry is called to do something totally different. You have some ministries that are eye ministries. Some ministries are ear ministries. Some ministries are mouth ministries. Some ministries are hands and arms and some ministries are legs and feet ministry so my my arm is not jealous of my legs because they they've got two different purposes so we don't get jealous of any other ministry we just need to do what god called us to do we can't do everything god called everybody else to do but we have to do what god has called us to do amen glory to god now listen now listen so so support support help the pastor do something the last one the last one is respect respect your pastor respect your pastor Respect him. Now listen. Now listen. Um, I, 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 I used to think that love and respect were synonymous. But they're not. There are many people who love their pastor but don't respect him. You love him. You think he's a great guy. She's a great woman. You, you love her, but you don't respect her. Here, here is how, here is how you know if you respect your pastor or not. If, if you take the words that he's preaching, if you're taking notes, if you're taking it to heart, if you go back and, and you, and you rehearse the things that he said, things that he or she said. Listen, it, it, it breaks my heart. When, when I've labored and studied and put the time in and then I even see some of my leaders, you know, while I'm up preaching, they'll be on their cell phones. They'll be checking Facebook and checking Instagram while the pastor's up preaching. That's a sign of disrespect. That's very disrespectful when your pastor's preaching and you're checking social media. That's disrespectful. That's not respect. If, if, if the pastor says, Hey guys, one day we're going to be on television. So when you come in, stop, stop populating the back of the church first. Come on down a little bit closer to the front. Respect says my pastor only has to say that one time. And I'm going to respect him because I heard him say it. If pastor says, Hey, look, you know, obey the ushers and obey the parking lot attendants. When the parking lot attendant asks you to do something, you know what? My pastor said that. So you know what? I'm going to respect my, I heard him say it. I'm going to respect that. Respect is important. Sometimes, 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 let me say this. I, 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 I love to laugh and I like to make people laugh. I like to, I like to be jovial. And sometimes, sometimes people forget that I'm still the pastor. Because I like to joke around. I like to make people laugh. Sometimes people forget that. 
Sometimes people forget he's still the pastor and I still have to respect him as the pastor. I, I can't talk to my pastor any kind of way. Well, watch this, watch this, watch this. I'm, I'm, I, I, I can't talk about my pastor and I'm not going to let anybody talk about him or her. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Because I respect him. I respect him. If so, 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 so here's what that means. Here's what that means. If you are a leader, an auxiliary leader, and, and let's say something happens in the, in, in your auxiliary amongst your team, and somebody comes to me and says, Hey, pastor, uh, they didn't do me right. This happened or whatever. If I have to come to you as a leader, don't take offense to that. Amen. Don't, don't, don't take offense to that. You, you know what you do? You respect it because watch this. If you're right, then you don't have to fight. If you were right in what you did, if you were right in how you handle it, then guess what? I'm on your side. But if you were not right and you didn't handle it right, then I've got to deal with you. Listen, there was a situation and I'm just I'm sharing this. Um, for example, say a situation happened a couple of Sundays ago uh, with one of the parking spaces. And if you're in here, if you're in here, then you'll, you'll, you'll know it. And so, um, so one of the parking spaces, somebody parked in the parking space and then one of somebody went to them and asked them to move, go back outside and move their car. Well, one of the guys came to me and he said, he said, Pastor Love, we asked them to move their car, but they weren't, they weren't happy about it. And, and, and they, they said it to me as if they wanted me to go talk to them. Here's what I said to my parking lot team. I said, no, that's on y'all. That's on y'all. I said, you should have got here early. And if you didn't want anybody parking there, you should have put a cone there. You should have got here early, had that section off. I said, because listen, one of the things in my heart, I don't want to cause hardships on people. I don't want people to park in a space. And then they came in church, they're settled down, they're seated, they're enjoying the service. And now all of a sudden they get tapped on the shoulder. And somebody said, we need you to come move your car. Well, listen, why'd you let me park there in the first place? Now you're making me come out and move somewhere else. So that family, I want you to know I took care of that. And this morning, the team was out there early. They had the cone set up and everything worked the way it's supposed to work. But that was on us. So if it's on us, it's my job to take the oversight. And I thank God for my leader, the, the leader who's out there, um, Pat, brother Pat, he's out there, he's working. I told Pat about it. I told Rod about it. You know what? They came back and they fixed it. Amen. That honors me. I, I pulled up this morning. I was so excited. I was so glad to see them in the parking lot, ready to serve, had to come. Y'all clap for that. That was good. But respect your pastor. Respect your pastor that it may be well with you. Jeremiah 23, 4, 23, 4 says, I want you to see this. Go to Jeremiah 23, 4 and I'm done. And I'm done. And this is my close. Jeremiah 23, 4. It's on the screen. Um, I want you to see this. Jeremiah 23, 4 says this. I will set up shepherds over them. Who will feed them. Look at what, look, and look at what happens when you honor your pastor. They shall fear no more, nor be dismayed or confused, nor shall they be lacking, says the Lord. It's profitable for you when you honor your pastor, respect him. 
Listen, I, I may be smiling, but I still deserve your respect. I may be laughing, but I still deserve your respect. If I, if I'm asking you to do something, if I ask you to change something, ask you to adjust something, make those adjustments. Honor and respect your pastor because that's what the Bible teaches for all of us to honor and respect your man or woman of God. Will you put your hands together and bless the Lord right there? Hallelujah. Put all those words back up there, Jerry. I want them to see those words and family and finances and prayer. Submit to him. Support your pastor. Respect your pastor. If your pastor's teaching, you should be listening. You should be taking notes. Don't be on your phone while your pastor's up teaching. That's, that's rude. It's rude and disrespectful. And God sees that. And you're missing blessings on your own life when you do that. Because God sees that disrespect. And some, and I know you love me. I know that you do. I know you love me. You've proven over and over that you love me. Now we got to move from love to respect. Because love and respect must go together. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Will you bow your heads? Father, thank you, Lord God, for everything that you are. And thank you for all that you have spoken to our hearts. Father, we pray now that you would seal this teaching in our hearts today. Seal it today, Lord God. Father, as you build this glorious church, Father, now we are a church of hundreds. Soon, God, we'll be a church of thousands. And Father, we thank you for that. Father, help us to build on a solid foundation. Thank you for this foundational teaching. Father, we bless you and we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Will you put those hands together? Will you stand all over the building? Glory to God. Will you stand all over the building? Hallelujah. Glory to God. I enjoy praying for you. Praying with you and keeping you encouraged. And speaking of encouraged, Didi, will you bring me those tickets? Amen. Hallelujah. Um, I, I did a, a kind of a marriage uh, teaching a few a few Sundays ago, and um, it was kind of ironic. Pastor Bo, the pastor of this church, came to me, and uh, he has. They're doing a marriage con.